Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Everybody, this is Dr. Wardy. Dr. Nicholas, what's happening, man? It's another day in paradise, brother. How are you doing? I'm solid, man. I'm solid. We're starting to reopen back here in, in El Paso quite a bit, and there's some normalcy back in life, so things are good, man. It's good. So I'm excited today. We've been talking about getting this guy on for a while, and we locked it down finally. So today we have Dr. Michael Kessler on, and real quick before I ask him to come hang out with us, I'm going to give a little bio about him. So uh, Michael Kessler is a DC, uh, CCSP, and a nutritional or nutrition therapeutic practitioner. I think I said that right. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He has 35 years of clinical practice with a primary focus on nutritional and functional medicine, and he's highly experienced in integration of advanced healing methods, systems, and devices. Uh, he's the author of four books, The Eight-Day Detox Breakthrough, The New Medicine Cure, Doctor's Home Remedies That Work, and New Breakthroughs in Natural Pain Healing. And he's also written articles on a monthly basis for several years uh, for a health newsletter for Lombardi Publishing. Uh, he teaches a lot of workshops for biotics research, nutri-energetic systems, and has lectured for the Academy of Complementary and Integrative Medicine, as well as Curing the Incurables Conference. Uh, he's done dual workshops with Dr. Bachetti. I think I believe I'm saying that yeah, right, Bichetti. for the Academy of Complementary and Integrative Medicine. And he now teaches individual practitioners with Dr. Bachetti how they can integrate a, vir- a variety of modalities into their practices to help localize the core imbalances that are contributing to their patients' health problems. Uh, Doc, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for coming on. I'm glad we finally got you on today. Well, I really appreciate you guys asking me. It's great to be here. And we have a little history because you have my heart rebuilding devices. You have the HeartQuest, right? And I love it, man. I love it. And you just keep adding and improving it. So Wait. Just wait. We'll talk about it today. Some of the things. It's going to be a whole new uh, spaceship for you. Awesome, man. So real quick, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the HeartQuest, because I really want to talk about the system just for our listeners and, and for anybody who doesn't understand what heart rate variability is and how we can use this tool, can you just kind of get in, get into some of that and, and how important using a tool like this is and, and how, you know, how you use it? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I've got to give you a little, a little bit of history because not all heart rate variability systems are the same. A lot of the things that people wear on their watch and buy at the stores, those are toys. This is really a functional evaluation, so it's more than just heart rate variability. And it was developed awesome. originally in Russia for this actually really interesting, not just to measure uh, some mariners, they use it to track their health under the ocean there, but they use it quite heavily on the space station. And that's really apropos for today with the SpaceX, right? They've been, yeah. there. They've been monitoring people um, doing spacewalks, how there's their sleep pad, all sorts of things. So that's where it came from. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure listeners are thinking like, we can get all that data to monitor these people just from their heart rate variability, right? Mm, so here's the deal. There's two major components to measuring 
the EKG. You know, like most people see the EKG, they see the R waves, these little systolic peaks, they look at that, and that's kind of what people think about when they think of an EKG. What heart rate variability does is it measures the space or the time between each of those R waves. It's called the time domain. And why would they do that? Because it's a reflection of the all-encompassing autonomic nervous system, which we could call the automatic nervous system, right? It's the one that regulates all our body's functions, like 90, what, 95, 96% of our body's organs, glands, and vessels without us thinking about it. So, oh God, I forgot to breathe today. I forget, you, know, you don't have to think about it. The body does that. And there are two branches that we're measuring. Actually, we're going to talk about three, <laughs> but two branches that everybody knows about is the fight or flight system, the sympathetic nervous system. So that's the one that when, uh, you know, uh, IRS is coming to visit you, whether you're, you know, you got your mother-in-law who's supposed to stay for two days and decides she's going to stay for a year, you know, whatever it is that gets you. Or you're freaking out about COVID, right? Like most people right now. That's right. Right. So whatever it is, your body's going to react and it's gonna go into survival mode. And that survival mode is gonna dictate certain physiology. So when you're in sympathetic dominant, your heart rate's gonna go up, your blood pressure's gonna go up, you're gonna start pumping glucose into your, uh, into your bloodstream so you can have the fuel to run and escape and all these things, digestion, all the things that you don't need to survive, shut down. You don't need to do liver detoxification, you don't need to do digestion, that's why you don't want to be having arguments at the dinner table when, when you know, because you go into sympathetic mode, it shuts down your digestion. So that's the one side of the equation. Now you just, uh, you, you've gone through a stressful situation. You survived. Now the body has to go back and regenerate and heal. That's your parasympathetic side. Rest and digest, they call it, right? And so that also has a big factor there because it also is involved in something called the anti-inflammatory pathway the cholinergic anti-inflammatory pathway to reduce uh, inflammation, which today in science, they're taking advantage of that by trying to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system in autoimmune cases to reduce this inflammatory cytokine storm. So it's got more um, interesting um, things that the, that the parasympathetic does. And we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. But so you got these two branches. They got to be able to be flexible and go back and forth. So what happens if it doesn't go back and forth and you're stuck in one realm or the other? That can't be good because then you've lost your adaptive capability to be able to handle situations where you need to be able to bounce and dance back and forth between the two systems. It's a big deal. So if you're in sympathetic mode and you're stuck in sympathetic mode, which a lot of people today are because it takes me back to this book by Robert Sapolsky. You ever seen that? Why zebras don't get ulcers? No, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's an amazing researcher. But basically, zebra gets chased by a lion. It survives, say. It doesn't sit around and say, oh, God, you know, um, I wonder if I could next time, I wonder if these are, uh, that lion's around the corner. I wonder if I could run faster than my uh, other zebras. I wonder if my, my stripes on my back or stand out a little too much and the, and the lion can see me. I mean, on and on. And that's what we do, right? That's what people do. They, they, things that don't even, haven't even happened yet. We perceive these things and we're stressed all the time. We're only supposed to be stressed for a short period of time. And then, you know, and then not producing all these stress hormones continuously. 
And in this day and age with the COVID-19, that's not a good thing. And why is that not a good thing? <clears throat> because what are the things when, you, when you're producing lots of cortisol, which is one of your stress hormones, one of the things that drops is your secretory IgA that lines your mucous membranes and protects you from antigens, which is the virus, penetrating, right? That's one thing. Not to mention, uh, we can go on and on and on about long-term stress and how, how it affects the whole physiology, right? And so basically, in the other side of the equation is the parasympathetic nervous system. And everybody talks about, well, God, you know, we want to have a big, um, uh, let me explain visually for the audience here. We have a pie on the heart rate variability. The pie shows the percentage in color of your sympathetic nervous system, which is in yellow, and how much percent you have. The, gr the green part on the pie is your parasympathetic. We haven't talked about the red yet, which I will. And that's another regulatory system. And so you can see this pie. And you can see if, you're, if, if, if yellow is kind of the predominant thing, that's your fight or flight, you're in sympathetic dominant. And, and, and you don't want to do that either because that's going to uh, be, you know, you're going to be producing stress hormones and uh, that again lowers your immune system, uh, causes ulcers of sarcopenia where you lose muscle mass and inflammation and we go on and on on all the things that are involved with that. But you don't want to be in parasympathetic dominant either, but everybody who's got these little toy heart rate variability systems goes, well, I want to be in parasympathetic dominant. That's supposed to be really good, right? But it can be if you're a young athlete, and that's where you want to be. But if you <clears throat> look at another number that we have on the machine, it's called vital force, right? You've seen the vital force. And you got this big green part of the pie, and you got the low, 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 low vital force, adrenal exhaustion. Okay? You're pooped. <laughs> you know? Out, so, out of reserves. You're out of reserves. I say, unfortunately, I just checked myself, and that's where I am. <laughs> So there's a third part. The third part of this whole pie is called um, neural hormonal regulation. It's basically your uh, limbic system and your HPA access. Okay. And you need to be able to regulate your endocrine system. You, you know, that has to do with getting the hormones from the HPA access, the hypothalamus, right? It's, you need to get that into the bloodstream. And then as the, uh, to get your, to, to, to regulate thyroid and adrenals and all these things. And then it builds up, these hormones build up and then it's kind of like a thermostat. It goes back up to the hypothalamus and says, Hey man, we, we got enough here. Let's just turn the, let's turn the thermostat down. We don't need to produce more of this, right? It's regulating like that. But if that's the predominant one, I call that snail mail versus the autonomic nervous system, which is high speed, fast internet, right? And so when that builds up, you're going to use up a lot of your metabolic energy. The other thing about the red is we find that as we age, we start to shut down more of our autonomic nervous system, the fast speed guy, and we start to go increase the slower guy. The, this, this, we call it very low frequency range. And I'm going to explain that in a minute too. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what happens is if you're in VLF, there's a lot of research on VLF, very low frequency, this red part of the pie, uh, it's related to the renin-angiotensin system. So a lot of these people have higher blood pressure, a lot of metabolic issues. They can also have psycho-emotional issues if it's in a young person in that range. Now, we've broken this down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this a little bit, but we've broken it down even further, which you don't have yet. 
you've got those three regulatory systems. Mm -hmm. And before I go on, let me tell you, those three regulatory systems, we talked about the time domain and how we can measure from one contraction of the heart to the next, right? And that, that gives us, and that's broken down into all sorts of, in, in mainstream medicine, all sorts of statistical numbers that give us, you know, information. Like there's one number in there called the SDNN. You familiar with that? The standard deviation of normal to normal beats. <clears throat> For your audience, that's an indice that's used pretty heavily in heart rate variability to tell us how well you can handle an emergency. Okay. And in the mainstream medicine, they've also used it to track people with cancer and things like that. And when it drops below a certain number, that person can't adapt anymore, right? And they, they've lost that, that ability and the prognosis isn't good. That's another number. So these are all numbers that have to do with the time domain, measuring you know, the, the space between one R wave contraction and the next. But what I love is the spectral analysis. So we could break that EKG down into its individual frequency band components. So free, you know, break it down by something called fast Fourier transfer. Basically, it breaks it down into low frequency, high frequency, and very low frequency. And that's what the pi is. The pi is showing us the percentage of each of these regulatory systems from the frequency domain. Now, this is where it gets real interesting because from the frequency domain, we can break that down into the actual meridians in Chinese medicine. We know that certain meridians are in the low frequency, high frequency, and very low frequency. The Russians worked that out, but we've taken it even further. We can also see from the 5,000-year-old Ayurvedic medicine <clears throat> what each of those frequency ranges mean. And now we're breaking it down into individual functional medicine now. So you don't have to remember that uh, they have all sorts of strange names for all these, um, what they call doshas, these, these constitutional types that people have. And so when you know a constitutional type, let me backtrack. So you're looking at those frequencies, right? Red, the red, the, the green, and the yellow, and the pi, right? So now we're breaking it down even into, so I could take, say, for example, that a very low frequency, and now I'm breaking it into fives, which represent all these what they call subdoshas in Ayurvedic medicine that tell us very specific physiology. So when we look at the physiology now and we can see that this person has a high range in a particular area, this is going to tell you the answers anyway, the, the way we're setting it up. And then you can look at the meridians and that's probably we're going to have it set up where it tells you which meridian is deficient or excess. You'll be able to tell that that person probably has something going on with maybe uh, in the range of esophageal reflux or they have, uh, they can't produce enough uh, hydrochloric acid, you know, you'll be able to, or they have more things going on in the brain region and look there. So it's going to give you clues and kind of like a guide to, uh, with questionnaires. So you can have your symptoms, suggested lab tests, because I do a lot of genetic work, I do a ton of genetic work. And um, all these things will combine for you as a physician to make your life easier. And so this is where this is headed. I don't know how I shot over to this direction, but it's going to be uh, pretty amazing, really. Well, I love how the system has both sides. You know, when I, when I remember when I first saw the system with you, you're like, yeah, we got the Western data, and then we got it shown in, like, more of the Eastern medicine. And right. you can pull up, like, all that data and really just kind of see it from very different places uh, from a functional approach, like you're saying. Um, and it's such an easy thing to do, right? Like you just hook up the patient. It takes what, like five minutes, 300 yeah. heartbeats. Yes. And then you get this amazing amount of data that really 
gives you a roadmap for that patient of what the state of their nervous system is, like you're speaking to earlier, but then also just overall function, right? Like where, where are they at when they're coming into you? Are they in a state that they're going to be able to heal when you start rolling some stuff out or where are we going to have to work on all these things? And I got to tell you, man, I think I've had your system for a little over five years. I want to say I was thinking about that today and I love it, man. And like I said, you're constantly updating it and just making it better and better and expanding on it. But my patients love this, man. I mean, I, it's neat to be able to sit down in front of your patient and show them, you know, this is why you're feeling the way you're feeling, you know, because a lot of my patients that by the time they make it into me, they've been told they're crazy by their doctors. Like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with you. And you know, it's all in your head or whatever. But then this, I mean, there, there's a thousand words when you open up the results, when you run a scan on somebody. And, and I do want to get into the brain piece for sure on the emotional. And like you were speaking to earlier, because that's actually one of the bigger ways that I use it. You know, you said something earlier, you said some people it's more, you know, the mental emotional piece and you're going to have to dive in there. And that brain screen that you have on there is huge for having that conversation with somebody on the brainwave activity and things like that. That's right. That's right. So, so a lot of times I'll see somebody and I'm sure you could see the same thing you'll see that they're sympathetic dominant. And then you go to the brain waves. We have an area that looks at the brain waves and you'll see that they have high beta, for example. Everything's flat and you get to the beta area and everything's peak. That's usually uh, where the thoughts, the brain is going, you know, the mind is going over and over and over or they have anxiety. So it gives you a big clue to enter into that area for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because like I'll get some of these patients to do, let's say, like a meditation or breathing practice, right? And they'll start implementing that in their lifestyle. And then we'll get them to come back in and start doing some scans. And you see this massive shift in the brainwave activity that they're, that they're having. And it, I mean, can, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to get into it, but can you talk about the, the breath? The, you guys have a custom breath work part that it literally is, it's not yeah. cookie cutter, right? Like it's based off the scan. It's based on their heart rate, their individual heart rate, and it tries to bring them into the zone. The, the Russians did a lot of work with um, looking at, you know, the guys who worked on this machine during the Cold War really were mathematicians. They were, Russia has a lot of these really um, smart mathematicians, and they, and they were involved in this project to, to make this technology and they were looking at nature and when and they looked at something called fractal neural dynamic coding which is basically they looked at the EKG and the QRSD wave that we see on the EKG and they were looking at almost like Morse code they were able to get this kind of scoring system and they were able mathematically to tell when somebody was going out of range with nature it's real wild stuff right and then when you're going outside that realm, you know, you're, that's where your health is going to decline. You're, you're, you're moving further away from nature. <clears throat> One of the things I was going to tell you about, which is, which is also, I mean, my, my mind is going, you know, you're, you're kind of stimulating different things. Right? <clears throat> but there's a project in Palo Alto, California. It's called the um, Palo Alto Longevity Project. Have you, have you heard of that or no? No, I haven't. Mm. So this is a million dollar prize for longevity and, and to extend life and there's scientists all over the world. And the main uh, system that they're using for everybody in this contest is heart rate variability. 
because it gives them a global look at all systems, you know, and, and how uh, whatever therapy they're going to use is going to respond, right? And they uh, talked a lot about uh, homeostatic capacity. What that means is we're young. We have high blood pressure or um, our immune, you know, or which is a good one, or blood sugar. Blood sugar is another good one. And if you go outside that range, you have the capacity when you're young to self-correct. But when we get older, we lose our ability to self-correct. And the heart rate variability, <clears throat> which we're talking about here, that has all these indices that we're looking at, you're looking at every day, gives us a clue about if that person is able to self-correct. You know, and a lot of doctors use it because they wanted to check the validity of their therapies too, besides being able to track and manage their patients and show them that, yeah, what I'm doing is, is helping you improve your health. But also for me, I have all these toys. I got a, right here, I got an Andumet, which is a pulse magnetic field therapy. I have laser therapies. I got auricular therapy here, you know? I mean, you name it, we got it. And I was always curious, because a lot of times people don't feel anything, right? Do these things work? Do they change, you know, the, the, the physiology? So. Well, I love it that you brought it there, man, because, you know, one of the big things I'm constantly educating people about is the tone of your nervous system, like you were speaking to earlier, is the, has the biggest impact on whether your body's going to run properly, right? Is that physiology doing what it's supposed to do in that time and place? And, you know, you were speaking to a little bit of this, we lose this flexibility, right? I think me and Nick, uh, we termed it like ANS, uh, what did we say? ANS flexibility, right? Like that's basically right. what we termed it is like when you lose that flexibility of the autonomic nervous system, then we're going to start to have some trouble there. And like you're saying on the extreme end, you have people that are like autoimmune who are basically just stuck. They're like almost just stuck in this sympathetic state. I, I call it neural fatigue where the hypothalamus is done. I mean, their, their nervous system is just in this massive fatigue and it can't switch gears. It, it's just gotten stuck. And I do a lot of NIS work now, and that's had massive improvements for my patients and their ability to get out of that state. NIS, neurological integration. So when, when we map the brain using NIS, a lot of times we find that the vagus nerve, for example, is completely blown. There's just no signaling. And we talk about how this plays like a switchboard, right? So when that vagal nerve tone is showing up almost completely diminished, once we actually get that back on, on the table, the person will switch from that sympathetic like defense mode and they'll literally start to almost pass out on the table and they'll tell us like, oh, I'm getting crazy tired because we're getting them switched back over to that parasympathetic tone. And then it's amazing to see the shift after that because I tell them like, you're not even in healing mode when you came in. That's why you feel so bad. You've been in this like fight or flight defense mode for months you're finally coming in and we're going to get you back and just get that tone switched over. And then from there, we can actually start making some progress because you're, you're, the tone wasn't even there for your body to actually heal and repair. So it's massive. And what a great visual tool, right, to be able to see this in real time when these people walk in because it's you know, like it's not just for the doctor. I mean, it helps us as doctors because it's a great tool, but the patient can see it. And then you can do, so do these subsequent scans and stuff. Yeah, that's the main thing. And it looks like you're using it. You're maximizing the use of that the way it should be used. You know, absolutely. You're doing a great job there. 
And you know, the doctors call me up and they say, well, what do I need to do to change this thing? I said, well, why'd you go to school those years? You got, you got to incorporate everything. You got to do the psycho-emotional work. You got to make sure that gut is working. You got to make sure, you know, everything that we've learned has to be utilized. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, right now, <clears throat> I, my practice has switched because, you know, not just the COVID, but I've been doing remote testing. Uh, right now. Uh, so people send me their, you know, I send them actually their lab stuff and their genetic stuff and do all that uh, kind of distance. And then I, I make a movie for them. I make movies for all my patients to educate them because I feel education is really important to keep them on track and understand why I want them to do all the things they want to do. <laughs> but that's why I've been working really heavily on having a remote system for you guys. Because <clears throat> with not just because of the COVID, but you know, if you have somebody and you're tracking them from a distance and you tell them, look, I want you off of gluten. I say, I don't really think I got a problem with gluten. You put the, you, you put the little halter on them. You say, okay, go out and eat some gluten and let's see what it looks like. So we're going to go into a new realm where you're going to be able to see things in real time. <clears throat> and I've done this because remember before I was working on the patch, but I didn't like the yeah. patch because the patch, so I wasn't getting... I was getting a lot of artifacts and, and people were moving around. It wasn't stable, but I did do some work with that before we creating the one we're creating now. And so this one gal goes to the cheesecake factory with us and she didn't eat the healthy food that we eat. She ate some really bad, you know, cheesecake and all this stuff. Right. And you saw instantly how bad that heart rate variability looks. Everything went, went uh, downhill very quickly. So you're going to have that ability to be able to see in real time what's going on with your patients uh, as you put them on different programs. Or maybe they can't sleep at night and you'll see, wow, well, I can see why you can't sleep. You're completely in sympathetic dominant. So not only are we setting it up to do that, but we're also setting it up where it's going to automatically track. You know, when you, when you do somebody, you're taking a snapshot, right? That the computer, if you're doing them every month, will keep track of that and then give you their constitutional type. What is their predominant pattern? So I think that's going to be really valuable. What do you think on that one? Oh, that's exciting, man. I mean, we, I mean, you and me and talked briefly about this, the, the power in being able to track somebody and when they're eating or like you're saying, sleeping or just some of these basic things to be able to watch the physiology to see what's happening with them, right? Or even yeah. from the emotional mental piece. So, Nick, I'm going to let you – I know you want to talk, right? I'm sorry. You're just no, like no, this is great. There. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about the, this through the lens of anyone listening who doesn't quite know what HRV is all about. And, and so I, I think that the way the conversation has been going has been really, really helpful. And, and I just want to kind of anchor it back into someone's health and, and help them understand – you know, you referred to those three different states, the sympathetic dominant state or sympathetic, parasympathetic, and then this third one, which is that vitality, which might reflect inflammatory mechanisms and all sorts of other things that, you know, degenerate as we get, get older. So um, that's amazing. I mean, that's amazing information. How do we, like, when I think, I think of some of the, the, the stuff that I play with, uh, heart math, and, and that sure. we can teach people in real time how to change their breath patterns, to change their heart rate variability scores, and that kind of thing. Um, but I like where you're going with this uh, baseline testing that people can do at home so they can track this data over time. Uh, that's, that's hugely valuable. So how much, like, be, with, like, again, going back to heart math, 
you can change someone's heart rate variability just with doing the breathing. Like how do you, once people know they can do that and you're testing them, how do you, how do you create that objectivity a little bit more so you can see some of the baseline readings? Yeah. Well, let me go back. Okay. So let's say the person is predominantly in the red zone. Okay. They're, they're, they're aging. They're in uh, what we call very low frequency range. In Ayurvedic medicine, that would be somebody who's a vata, very dry inside, uh, very cold. They're, they're in their head all the time. They can't get out of their head. Everything's kind of, you think of it as air up in the head, and they're, they're kind of wired, right? And they need routine. Those are the people that, if they don't have a routine, they don't exercise at a certain time, they don't um, eat at a certain time, it throws them completely off balance. So just having that information for them and say, look, for your system, and they always agree with, you know, they'll agree with you. They'll say, hey, this is me. I said, that's right. So I want you to do these tasks. I want you to have a schedule, and I want you to follow that. And then we're going to go back and check the heart rate variability system, like you're talking about, and see that it's making those changes. And here's, by the way, your breathing program, you know. <laughs> so – it's, and again, it's going to get very much more specific uh, depending on um, some of the new things we're putting in there to be able to give people the right information of what they need to do to change their specific pattern. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered anything. Yeah, no, no, it, it does because it, it just it anchors in that the people have to do work and this, this could be used as a, a, that objective tool and things will transform over time and there's ways to track that. Uh, and then my next question sort of follows in line with that. I mean, you speak to constitutions. Constitutions are thought to be things that you're kind of stuck with. Um, kind of like, kind of like genetics, like this is who you are, but can we, can you talk about the epigenetic component to shifting expression of constitution just, just yeah yeah test. probably the easiest way to do that because you know i do a lot of genetics and i don't it's not common you know where i look at one gene uh, i was trained by a guy named bob miller i don't know if you know who that is but his system is just light years ahead of anything out there it looks at patterns and oh sorry, uh, let's sorry <laughs> of course <laughs> let me get that out of there for you one of my colleagues but uh so when I do the genetics, we tell the person, you know, this is, these are potentials, okay? But so in my software, I have their symptoms. God, okay, great, great. We have their, so we have a symptom survey that goes into the computer and their labs, like the urine organic acid test goes in there and it looks at the genes, the symptoms, and the labs. And it weighs it so I can see, okay, I've red, red, and red. The symptoms are red. The genetics in this particular area, say for a Fenton reaction, which is where iron gets oxidized and creates these nasty, nasty hydroxyl radicals. Yeah. So you're, and you're looking at all this stuff. You don't just look at the genes. you got to look at the whole situation. And it's really a question of um, epigenetics. Their lifestyle is kind of like um, the, the genetics is the gun and the lifestyle pulls the trigger, you know, to, to set it all in motion, right? And so you got to hit it from both sides. And I think that um, the main thing, you know, that, that when you're looking at the heart rate variability system, you're uh, getting people 
because because to hold that pattern to change the pattern it's all about epigenetics and lifestyle so if they're going to eat crummy they're going to have crummy heart rate variability if they can't get out of that stress mode they're going to have crummy heart rate variability it's a reflection of everything that you're doing in your life yeah and that's that's such powerful information for people and the fact that you can actually monitor that in real time you can track it after you eat a you know a crappy meal or um, a food trigger, what have you. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a direct inflammatory response that's being picked up. I remember uh, measuring one of, one of my, I guess, maybe my sickest patients. He was probably in his early 80s, chronic cardiovascular disease, uh, kidney issues and whatnot. When we measured his heart rate variability, his R waves were like, it almost looked like flat line. Like there was such little variability between them. And that's like that. That's an extreme case of dysfunction because when you check most younger people, there's a, there's a nice high degree of variation. Right. So can you can you speak a little more more to to the R wave component and and maybe some different illnesses where you might see uh, different changes and, and then what yeah, what's to be yeah. expected over time? Yeah. So <clears throat> heart rate variability is supposed to look at normal to normal beats, right? But as you know, and I know, people are coming in with all sorts of PVCs and arrhythmias and all these things. <clears throat> and sometimes you'll even see, so you got the R wave, the big peak, and right next to it, you got the T wave. And sometimes the T wave is, is supposed to be, what is it, about a, a third of the way up. And so you'll see all these little nuances. And sometimes they don't have enough minerals, right? Sometimes it's giving you a clue about mineralization. Sometimes it's giving you a clue, like um, one I just had uh, this week, the R-way was so small, and um, sometimes that's because if you look at the other things that we do, their total power might have been really low too. The total power, that's in the meridian section. We need to change that because it's such an important item, and it gives you a clue about mitochondrial energy. And so they don't have enough juice. And they can see that there, and they need to, you need to boost their mitochondria. So there's a lot of little nuances there. And a lot of times when I go to these shows, I used to go to the shows and test, and I found a lot of doctors with pretty serious heart um, situation thing. You know, they, they have really bad, um, bad EKG. And you see that. Remember, you see the pink lines, and you'll see that all the way through. <clears throat> and some of them weren't even aware that they had these problems, and they'd go get checked with the cardiologist, and they had some major problems. So... It's also a very good screening tool uh, for that as well. <clears throat> so I don't know if that answers your question. It's very complex when you're looking at um, that aspect. The one who knows more about that, honestly, than me is my partner, Dr. Karamoff, who's co-founder with us here. And he's an anesthesiologist, so he's used to looking at mm -hmm. abnormal EKGs all the time. And a lot of times I'll run it by him. And you guys are always welcome to, to uh, run it by, uh, by him as well, all the people that have the heart quest, because sometimes you'll see some really unusual patterns there, right, guys? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's so helpful to hear that because, like you said, there's a lot of little, funny little gadgets. The Aura Ring measures heart rate variability. You know, there's the heart math, super simplistic. I mean, there's, there's so many different, you know, quirky little tools that give you snippets of information but you're you're really speaking to like this is giving you a much broader picture of what's possible with technology like this so jump in david well no yeah. I, as Sorry, Joe, can i just mention one more thing to you yeah go ahead doc. The difference the difference here's another big difference between these toys most of the toys are looking at lf to hf ratio 
low frequency and high frequency, the sympathetic to parasympathetic, the, the part of the pie, remember the, 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 the yellow and green part of the pie. You can have a perfect ratio between the sympathetic and parasympathetic, and you go, wow, this is great, because they don't have the VLF, and they could be, maybe, maybe they have a balanced LF to HF, sympathetic to parasympathetic, but the majority of that pie is VLF, right? Mm. And, and so it's, it's not really giving you an accurate indication of what's going on, okay? Yeah. So those, that's another good example, and we see that a lot in the, you know, you, when you get in uh, on the internet, people are talking about the two ratios there. It's just giving you a false sense of what can be going on. Well, and the, the depth in which the heart quest, like you're speaking to, Doc, I mean, like like Nick, you haven't had it in front of you, and like I told you, I, I was going to bring it to the retreat. I should have mm-hmm. brought it that way. You could have played with it a little bit. Right. But you get, like Doc's saying, in each of these screens, with some of these numbers that we're able to get in the data we're getting, we're actually to, we're getting a lot of detail and insight into what's really going on. And like you were speaking to earlier with the total power, for example, right? Yeah. Um, and you're saying mitochondria and this is interesting because I just ran my HRV this week. It'd been a while and I hadn't done it. I had run it on the other computer, but I noticed that yesterday when I ran it. So last year I had been training all year long for a Spartan race and I had intense amount of training, right? And supplementation. I mean, all these things just so that I could do these races and my total power was in the eight thousands when I was training for that. And this year, I haven't been training for anything. I mean, I'm still active. I go bike riding with my little boy, and you know, we go on hikes and walks and stuff. But but nowhere close to last year, right? Wow. And I'm in the four thousands right now. Hmm. So it just, but I mean, just goes <laughs> yeah. to show you though, like when you're doing things and you're targeting things, how much that total power can go up. Yeah. You know, versus someone who's changing. I changed my lifestyle. My lifestyle is different right now. And you just see that shift. But what a neat way, right? I mean, that's just showing you guys an example of how you actually can see that in real time. And is it trending? So it's a magnificent system. I love playing with it all the time. Like I said, my patients love it. Um, And honestly, anybody who's working with the nervous system needs to have one of these in their clinic because it's giving you this very good in-depth look at what the state of that's looking like and how the body's functioning, like you're saying. Um, So doc, I have to get into this because this is a fun part for me as well, but you have the biorhythm coherence screen. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the the screen that shows uh, the chakras. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So rush, like I said, everything, we have one system, you know, it's not like we have functional medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, Everything's integrated. And so if it's integrated, we should be able to be able to cross from one system to the next. And the Russians were really good at doing that, you know. And, and so we get a feel for what's going on with the different nerve plexes, the energetic systems of the body and the meridians. <clears throat> Here's a good way to explain some of, the, the, some of this whole thing. So in Chinese medicine, they're checking the pulse, right? They're really good at checking the pulse. Or in Ayurvedic medicine, I don't know if you've ever been diagnosed, but I, I was diagnosed once by um, a very famous Vaslat, who's a world famous Ayurvedic guy. He told me everything about my body from measuring the pulses. Like, what the hell? How did he do that? And, and you know, um, so we're doing it directly with the EKG. The way it's set up, we can get that information. 
directly about what's going on at the energetic level about all these different things. <clears throat> and so there's many ways to use that information, okay? I find that the energetic uh, chakras are very um, accurate. And if you go into the, click on the um, little icon up here where the, the menu comes down, you can see kind of how that's affecting somebody at that level, psycho-emotionally, right? And, and they're right on, man, by the way. Like almost <laughs> yeah. every time when you see where they're diminished, it's like right on. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. And so, and the other one is the meridians. And I'll tell you, man, if I see a meridian that just doesn't go away, you know, every time they come in, that thing's stuck. Say it's the stomach meridian. And I go, okay. They fill out the little questionnaire, okay. Maybe they have problems with uh, HCL, not being able to break down the food. Or maybe... And, and you do kinesiology like I do, but I'm not doing that in person anymore. I would test and do the uh, Scott Walker, NET, and I go, oh, that's emotional. In life, there's three things that affect his love, money, or you, is a money, job, and his career, you know, how to go through it. And it would be an emotional component. So, you know, it's, there's so many avenues to, to address all these things based on your expertise. And um, the Marines are real accurate. I had a... Um, lung thing going on the heart quest showed that the lung meridian was lit up it was like excess stuck energy in there right in the, in the lung meridian it shows it real visual for the patient and i was on a cruise ship and the guy put the needles in did the acupuncture for the lung and then it changed immediately we've done this over and over again but it's just that accurate so depending on how you want to use that yeah you I'm not that. an acupuncturist myself, but yeah, like I do kind of glance at, at the acupuncture screen every once in a while, just because I, I know those meridians, you know, I, like I said, I don't practice it, but I do work with them a little bit with some of the other stuff that I do. But yeah, I mean, it's just neat having those other screens, like I'm saying on top of, and they're all synergistic, like you're saying. Yeah. So the, the so you could take, you know, even if you don't, you're not trained in those areas like me, I'm not trained in those areas. Dr. McKinney, my wife is, but what we do in the new system, it will calculate all the stuff and look at patterns. So we'll look at the meridians, it will look at the, uh, the different frequencies of the sympathetic, parasympathetic, and, and uh, um, neural hormonal, which is BLF. It'll look at all these patterns and it's going to guide you to where some of these areas um, are stuck and may need some help in a much, much more specific way. And you can validate it with questionnaires and then it may come up and say, you know, these are some lab tests that may want to run. So there's another section on the test looking at the neural, uh, looking at the um, neurotransmitters, right? Mm -hmm. So say you see um, GABA is low, right? Then you got the questionnaire that pops up, the little GABA questionnaire. It says, okay, that's showing that it's low. Okay, so we got two indices there. And here's, Here's some ex, there's some lab tests that you can run, you know. For me, I run the genetics again, so I can see that they have maybe the GAD gene. They're not converting their glutamate to GABA, you know. Like I just had one of those guys. They just had a case like that. They're, they have a lot of anxiety. Plus, they have a lot of other genes on top of it. So I want to put some gene suggestions because now every company out there, every, you, you know, you see it, right? I mean, all the different nutraceutical companies have their genetic programs, right? So I think I want to, since I do a lot of that work, I want to put that in there too, just to give you a heads up that these are some areas where they have these constitutional weaknesses again we were talking about. 
Oh, that would be great. Nicholas? Yeah, I think that's so helpful because it there's a level of responsibility that people become aware of when they see this. And, you know, if, if it is more of a VLF problem, then, then they can, you can, there's, there's reason to dive deeper and find out where that pathology or the, you know, predispositions are sitting. And, you know, it gives, it also helps to validate the doctor supporting the patient because again, it gives you an area to drive in more information and, and get to the bottom of something. So I, I mean, I, I love, I love what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm curious. So, a doctor wants to bring this into their to their practice. Uh, what is, what does the hardware look like? What is what's the cost? Like what what is what are some of the breakdown for people that would be interested in bringing this into their practractice? Yeah, let me pull one up. <laughs> pull one up. <laughs> Comes in a little box like this, so they can carry it wherever they go. And it's got little, um, you know, the Russians aren't really a, a, have a lot of aesthetics in there. The way they do, it looks like jumper cables, right? This goes on the wrist, right? You just go here and put it on, on the wrist, right? And it's attached to a little device here. Real simple. And you wet the wrist, you put them on, hit the target, and there you go. It takes five minutes. You see the EKG up on the screen. And you got this vast visual uh, look at, at all these different areas of the body that you can decipher out you know, uh, how they're doing. So it's very quick. The cost is um, $5,999. We have the same cost all over the world. The training is now, now we have like, uh, we have videos from each screen now. We have a, a, uh, a website where we give you code to get in and you can watch other videos. And I make myself available for those who wanna use me or Dr. Karamoff if they got a weird heart case, right? So they can get in there and um, we do Skype like we're doing kind of now and they can share screen. Also, there's a capability in the HeartQuest to export. And they hit the export, it goes directly into my HeartQuest, <laughs> just like I'm looking at it. And I can evaluate it because <clears throat> sometimes the docs out there, you know, they may look at a case of somebody who's really not in good shape and, and it looks really, really good. And I look at that and I go, no, no. This guy has lots of arrhythmias and it makes the heart rate variability look really good. It's this guy's got a problem here, right? Awesome. No, and that helps, man, because like you guys, uh, you're very experienced in these things. I've actually met Dr. Karamov as well. I think when I bought the system from you a while back. Right. So, and, and it's a lot of fun talking to you guys because you guys can see things in there that we can't see when we look at it all the time. Well, you know, anytime you want, you, you call me up, we get and we start to look at things. Here's another good one for you. When you see the um, stress index, that's one of the top numbers on that first page that tells you how much stress that person's under, really, and how well they can adapt to stress, right? And mm -hmm. when that number's really high, a lot of times they have oxidative stress as well. Mm -hmm. That's the way to look at that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, I learn from you every time, man. Oh, <laughs> What's vice versa? Last time I saw you, you were teaching me some of the muscle testing techniques that you use. That's that right. We were playing with that. I remember some of the ones you showed me. Uh, uh, you were showing me uh, some of the stuff from, I think that was Brimhall, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I got some, uh, some, some other questions in relation to like how it's being used in a practice. So you, you run your initial scan. Right. What's, you, and you start you know, making recommendations, whether it be blood work or other labs, et cetera. How often do you typically run a retest for people? Good question. I do it once a month. 
I do it once a month because and, and the patterns you can see the patterns really clearly you know, especially if somebody didn't follow your directions, it'll show up the same pattern. Right. <laughs> like you didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's happened, you know? Yeah. And so once a month, you know, when you first get it, you want to play with it and you're testing. So I've had a few, um, I won't mention their name. They're, they're, they're out there on the internet and they're pretty famous and they're a little neurotic and they'll test themselves. They'll brush their teeth. I want to see what that did. I'll do, I, I'm going to shave. I'm going to shave. What did that do? You know, I've had a few pretty neurotic people. Right. They send me 150 tests or something. And then right. I send it to Job Dot. I say, Job Dot, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, you know, like any test, you try to set up as much of a control environment as possible. You know, you get, get yourself relaxed or whatever, have a similar situation, you know, whether it be someone coming to a doctor's office or whatnot. So, so yeah, you're retesting once a month. Um, and then for, for a practitioner on the practitioner side, let's say that they're, they're going to implement this into their practice. So they usually have that as part of their visit fee or are they usually charging separately for, for the diagnostic aspect. And what does that look like? All the, all the above depending on the practitioner. Yeah. So I would charge, I've gone through different phases, but so I was charging for the, I think it was about 150 or something for the first one. And then when they come in the following month, I, I can't remember, was it a hundred bucks or whatever it was or, so it depends on the practitioner, you know, and some of them charge a lot less. It's just, it varies around the, you know, some people that's part of their whole, you know, their whole um, office visit, you know, it's, it's just different for everybody. Yeah. We don't, we don't tell them any way, which way to do that. But uh, all the practitioners out there, um, you know, just like uh, Dr. Wardy was saying, they love it. They just love it because their patients love it. And what, well, Dr. Wardy, what is the main thing that patients look at? They want to know what their biological age is. Oh, yeah. Dude, we <laughs> did, we haven't talked younger. about that. That's the great screen. So he's got a screen on their biological age, and it literally shows you whether you're in a, in a state of anti-aging or if you're aging faster than your, your biological mm -hmm. age. And it's crazy, man. Like that's like he's saying, that's the one thing that they will pick up on during that consult. And yeah. on the next one, they're like, "Can I see the biological age? Is it in the negative yet?" And, yeah, they get and, bummed out, man. They yeah, out. they do. They do. So, real quick, Doc. On that note, since we're talking about you know the cost and stuff, real quick for the, for the listeners, kind of give them an idea of like if you compare like sending somebody just in for blood work, which is also a point in time test and something like an HRV, give me like the weight of the data there. If you had to take those two of what you're able to get from the HRV. Cause you know, to someone just hearing like, you're going to get all this for my heart rate. And, and I think after listening today, they're realizing, wow, there's a whole lot more there than just meets the eye, right. Of what you're thinking just cause my heart's beating. I mean, there's such value in that. There's a massive amount of value in this kind of test is kind of what I, what I wanted you to speak about. Well, you know, for me, because I do lab work, it takes time to get the lab back. And the lab, uh, you know, a lot, if you're doing a lot of lab, it gets very costly. So for practitioners, depending on what's going on with the patient and their finances and stuff, you can always do heart rate variability. And you get the data immediately, right away. And... You know, they're, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of apples and oranges anyway. You know, uh, the heart rate variability is the main thing here is here's the example. If you have a toxic load, which everybody does, everybody mostly has a psycho emotional load, right? 
And a lot of people come in our, our clinics have a structural load because <laughs> they're coming in the chiropractic clinic. They have this downward force pushing down on them. And when those stressors become greater than their body's ability to adapt anymore, they end up with signs and symptoms which brought them into your office in the first place. What do most people do? They take medications and then they end up having that, you know, that whole situation because they never addressed the cause, degeneration ensues and things go downhill. And so when we look at heart rate variability, we can kind of see and get a, get a visual on how all those things are affecting them. You're not going to see that in the red blood, looking at a, a, a regular, uh, you know, uh, blood, blood test, right? You're, you're looking at the totality of their life and how that's affecting them. I don't know if that made any sense. Well, well that was yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah I, was say, ahead, I love Nick. that you said that because one of the things that we talk about a lot too on, on this, on this uh, show is, is just creating the optimal cellular environment. And it's really hard to create the optimal cellular environment so your body can adapt and, and move into a thriving state instead of a survival state. It's hard to do that when your, your main mechanism for your, your nervous system, which is, if we had to talk about hierarchy, it could be some of the highest level of information that's going to allow for this optimal state to, to, to arrive. So I think um, just emphasizing the importance of knowing this about your physiology and, and understanding a role for this in the healing process is is of such great importance. Uh, so, I, I mean, I love everything I'm hearing. I want to get one for our longevity lab. <laughs> right. Well, here's the deal, too. We're, we're, the new system, you'll have the system in your office, right, like you do now, and then you'll also have different systems to, that are really affordable, by the way, for your patients so you can track them at a distance. So that's going to be really, really cool. You know, um, I'm really looking forward to that. So what yeah. would, yeah, can you, Describe that a little bit. What would that be like? Is there is it something that USB into the computer and it downloads on? Like how, how does that technology probably, work? You no, know, we're working on it right now. It's probably going to be um, where you can access it. They can access the patient. Can you know have a little hookup and they'll be able to get it on their phone on their little um, Android, and then it should be able to get sent to you. I we're working on all that detail. Will it get sent to you so you can see? Ah, this is what's going on here, and I want you to stay on this program and. What, what, however you're going to manage that, but it's going to be uh, really excited about it. Obviously, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, and nobody has that yet, and uh, at this level. So, I think for the practitioners out there, it's just going to um, be a whole new level of being able to monitor their patients and and be able to give good advice for them. Mm. So, for practitioners listening. I love this system and I honestly, like, like I said earlier, I don't see how you could be a chiropractor and work with the nervous system without it. You know, I mean, if, if that's something that, I mean, it's a compass, man, you know, like you're talking about the labs right now, this is the perfect thing to run on your patients just to get that compass going. Right. So you know where to start looking, where to start addressing their bigger concerns here. And then for the patients that are listening today, if you haven't had this done, you should get it done. I mean, this gives you a lot of insight into where you're at. 
And if you're having goals or if you're wanting to get improvements in your health, this is a good thing to get that baseline and then make the changes. And then so that you're actually, like Doc was saying earlier, you have something that's monitoring to see in real time is, is what I'm doing actually working? Is it shifting the needle or things moving? So on both ends, this is a very, very powerful tool. I love, love, love mine. I love the updates you're doing, Doc, and I can't wait for the newer stuff where we can track uh, long distance. So, Doc, real quick, uh, can you tell the listeners where they can find information on the system, uh, how they can contact you, all that? Yeah, please. Thank you. So, they, <laughs> we're, there's only me and Dr. McKetty and Dr. Caramo. So, it's not a big company, and now we got the group out of South Africa that's doing the software stuff for us. But they can contact me. They can go to my email. They can go DRM, like Mike, Kessler, K E S S L E R, at S like Sam, B like boy, C like cat, global.net. They can email me. They can get on um, the, the website, which is HRVHQ dot com and i'm old-fashioned you know <laughs> they can call me they call me at 415-646-6112 and if they awesome. want a system we're really sticklers about the education i want them to be really happy with it and if they have cases you got a case a weird thing let's look at it together well, and I got to say, this is the type of system where you got to go through the education piece because it just makes you better at, at, at talking to your patients about it and having a thorough understanding. So, right. um, yeah, love it, love it, love it. Buddy, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot oh, of fun. Oh, it was fun. You guys are great. And, and I wish you guys the most success because uh, it's, you're getting information that's going to help the practitioners and the patients out there. So you guys are doing good work. So we got to give home play, Doc. So like Nick was saying earlier, we typically will give our listeners a little bit of homework to do. Uh, is there anything you can think just right off the bat that maybe they could take with them today based off the education or the awareness we gave them to maybe get them started in the right direction with something with their health? Well, you know, first of all, <laughs> get tested. You don't know what's being underneath the hood unless you get tested. So first of all, get tested to see where you're at. And I think that's some good home play. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the big deal here. You know, it really is. And then, you know, um, you got to do the basics. So, you know, um, a lot, you know, people want to do all these other things. You got to eat right. You got to eat, you know, um, close as close to nature as possible. You got to move the body, <laughs> you know. You got to have some method of de-stressing. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, you know. And that's going to improve your heart rate variability, you know. And big one is the gut. The gut is like most of the people that come in your office, I, I imagine with, with both you guys, it's underplayed. And, and the, the microbiome that's in our gut, a lot of people have dysbiosis out there. And if they have dysbiosis out there, they can't make all those nice, calming neurotransmitters. They're not going to make their GABA, their serotonin, and the molecules that the gut makes turns off the stress response. So, you know, again, when we have sympathetic dominant people, you got to balance that gut out. And so they need, whether that's, there's human strains out there now, there's all sorts of different probiotic strains. There's, um, 
megaspore, spore biotics, whatever it is that the person needs to improve that overall picture we're looking at, the gut is a big deal. They need to heal that gut. I don't know if that made any sense. No, hey, buddy, that's great home Perfect. plate, man. Clean up the diet, make sure it's from nature, make sure you're moving. And then, like me and t- me and Nick talk, you know, Hippocrates said it: all disease begins in the gut. If you got digestive issues, that's a good place to start with your health to start getting some shifting, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's awesome. So it was so great having you on the call today, Dr. Mike. Um, yeah, inspiration for sure. And just hearing your many years of experience. The and and tell them about your your books. Where can they access your books if they want to read a little bit more? <laughs> Well, you know, those books are old. They don't need to read those books before I knew all the stuff that I so know. So don't now. read the books. Don't read the book. <laughs> you know, if you want to, you know, if you get on um, YouTube, there's, they weren't supposed to be out there, but they're out there. There's a whole bunch of videos. They can punch in Dr. Mike Kessler and see a bunch of stuff that kind of sleep, slipped through the cracks and got in on YouTube somehow. But, uh, like I did that lecture years ago for um, Simon Yu, who wrote the book uh, "Curing the Incurables," right? Hmm. Very cool. But uh, you're, you're the anyway. first. You're the first guy I've ever heard. Don't read my books. <laughs> well, no, but it's kind of it kind of goes off. I gotta that, write a new uh, one. I gotta yeah. write a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes off that saying that I mean we hear it all the time, right? It's the more you know, the more you don't. You realize you don't know totally. crap. Like yeah. you probably just there in your career, right? Like you wrote those at a, play, a place in time, but you've learned so much since then that it's kind of like you got to rewrite them all now. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so I, t- I totally agree with you, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's funny. Well, and that, that also shows the genius of a doctor in, in the sense that, you know, there's constant innovation, there's constant growth, there's constant change. And, uh, and you're riding the wave of, of that growth and change, putting your energy into technology and these really important tools that people need to, to know more about their health. And so, Awesome. Mike, thank you, man. Appreciate you, brother. For sure, we could talk probably about this for like another hour. So we'll probably have to have you on another time and just focus maybe on one of the screens that we talked about today. Yeah. But, uh, again, man, many thanks. And uh, yeah, man. I yeah, want to thank, thank you guys for having me on, and uh, when the new one's out, we'll we'll share that with you. Awesome. Put it in your lap. <laughs> All right, you guys take care. Have a good day. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Good. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Doctor Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Doctor Nick and Doctor David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.